0: The two deceased males, our 22-year-old twin brothers.
1: Tonight, suspects identified what we're learning about the brothers shot to death in a failed bank robbery in Saanich. Plus.
2: We're also losing
1: staff to other opportunities in other industries. Ecom on life support. The 911 concerns for this weekend. And.
3: Every dip is better, right?
1: What's behind a surprise break at the pumps on a long weekend, no less?
4: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening. I'm Colleen Christie. Thanks for joining us. Police on Vancouver Island have identified two local brothers as the suspects shot to death in an attempted armed robbery of a bank in Saanich earlier this week. But as Kristen Robinson reports, there are still more questions than answers tonight as to what led to the dramatic gun battle that left six police officers injured.
5: As forensic investigators process the scene of Tuesday's botched BMO robbery and shootout in Saanich, RCMP unveiled a bombshell. The suspects identified as young twins.
0: The two deceased males are 22-year-old twin brothers, Matthew and Isaac Octoloni from Duncan.
5: The brothers were not known to police and had no criminal records. Police say the pair attempted the bank heist before ERT officers deployed nearby arrived on scene. Gunshots rang out. Six police officers were wounded. The two suspects killed.
0: The motive behind the armed robbery and subsequent exchange of gunfire with police has not yet been determined.
5: RCMP may be searching social media for answers a YouTube user documenting some of the content from a no longer active Instagram account under the name Isaac ochterlony It describes Isaac as a patriot and Second World War enthusiast. Among the pro-gun content, videos of target practice in the forest, anti-Trudeau the and anti-vaccine posts, and a photo of a 2018 Canadian Armed Forces certificate showing Isaac successfully completed a soldier for a day work-study program. A national defense spokesperson says this in no way makes them a member of the forces or connected to the military. I'm with Global News. We attended a rural address in Duncan owned by a man with the last name Octor Loney. Well don't talk to me, get out. Our camera was asked to leave the property.
0: We understand that the release of the names of the two deceased may answer the who, but there are still many questions.
1: What set them off? Who knows? It's just so sad for their parents. We've just never
5: seen anything like it.
1: It must be dreadful for the mother and father. Uh, There's no words that could describe how they will feel.
5: Police say the Octorloni family is cooperating with the investigation. The brothers are linked to this white Toyota Camry with black racing stripes over the hood and roof. Anyone who saw the vehicle, Isaac or Matthew, in the week prior could help investigators piece together a deadly mystery. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
1: A local man has been identified as the victim of Thursday's deadly shooting in Port Coquitlam. 37-year-old Mehdi Damien Eslaheen was found dead at the scene in the 2700 block of Davies Avenue. The Integrated Homicide Investigation Team says the shooting was targeted but not gang-related. Police say Eslaheen was known to them and they're looking to speak with any of his associates in order to build a timeline of his movements through early Thursday. IHIT is also seeking dash cam footage near the 2000 block of Davies Avenue, of Hastings Street and of Heat Highway. Surrey RCMP are moving to suspend an officer without pay after he was charged with breach of trust and fraud. Corporal Peter Leckie, who's been with the force since 2010, is accused of seven counts of breach of trust and two counts of obtaining computer service by fraud between January 2014 and April 2019. It's alleged Leckie used his position as a police officer, both on duty and off, to obtain information and contact members of the public in order to engage in intimate relationships with women. The misconduct charges involve three alleged victims. Surrey RCMP's Professional Standard Unit believes there may be more witnesses with information on Leckie and are asking them to get in touch. A warning if you call 911 this weekend, you may have to wait longer than usual. Ecom has been experiencing high call volumes since Friday, and that's expected to be the case all weekend. Workers have been warned about the possibility of forced overtime to meet the demand. According to Ecom, recruitment and retention of employees, as with many other businesses, has been challenging.
5: We have been aggressively hiring and recruiting um, for additional call takers and dispatchers. This year, we hired an additional 63 911 call takers, but we're also losing staff to other opportunities um, in other industries. A lot of our employees uh, have plans to join um, first responder agencies as well. Ecom is reminding you to
1: only call 911 if it's truly an emergency and you require immediate assistance. Well, it's by no means cheap, but drivers in the lower mainland are getting a bit of a break at the pump today. The price of gas has fallen to just under $2.06 a litre at this Langley gas station and elsewhere. Energy analysts say the last time the price was this low was at the beginning of May. They say concerns about a recession and refineries running at 30-year output records are driving the falling
6: prices.
3: Every dip is better, right? So the
6: further it goes down the better but yeah I'm driving downtown to uh, Hastings and Seymour every day and it's costing me approximately about $160 a week fuel now. so
3: it's a week. a week.
7: Lower by how much? Um,
8: I don't know until I get my gas,
9: my half a tank
1: which usually costs me about 50 bucks for a full tank because now it'll cost me 70 bucks for a half a tank. So I don't know what you want my comment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> expensive. Very expensive. Rather than filling up once a month, filling up once a week. Really? Back in the office now. And to be clear, that was $2, just over $2.06 a litre. In the interior, some Kamloops residents noticed some pumps simply weren't operating. Energy experts say the pop-up shortages stem from an ethanol delay, with refinery maintenance happening more than a month ago, causing a lag in production.
2: Supply
9: crunch happens because they stop production for about 20 to 30 days, but the actual impact comes about a month later. So you're seeing a little bit of that overhang of the maintenance of refinery but that's not permanent that's just short-term impact it should be fixed in time
1: for at least the third time this year the emergency department in clearwater is temporarily closed due to a staffing shortage the er at dr Helmkin memorial hospital closed at eight o'clock this morning and will remain so until eight o'clock tomorrow morning interior health says in the event of an emergency call 911 or go to the Royal Inland Hospital in Kamloops or 100 Mile House General Hospital. New Westminster Police need your help to find a man who hasn't been seen since Tuesday night. Martin Hernandez-Fries is 31 years old and was last seen in the 600 block of 12th Street at about 8.30. He's described as 5 foot 9 inches tall with a slim build, dark hair and brown eyes. He has tattoos on his right arm and was last seen walking northbound on 12th without shoes on. If you see him, please call 911 right away. Police say friends and family are concerned for his well-being the city of new westminster says it was closing accessing it was closing accessing to the wooden portion of the keyside boardwalk today due to the high stream flow advisory for the fraser river but people were seen walking freely along the wooden boardwalk with the barricades left to the side Residents have been advised to stick to the concrete pathway as the alternative route. The current advisory means river levels are expected to rise rapidly. Although no major flooding is expected, minor flooding in low-lying areas is possible. Residents are being urged to be cautious when around the Fraser River shoreline. In Mission, the city says it's installing Tiger Dam tubes and gabion wire cages along low-lying parts of the Mission Dyke and other areas near the Fraser River. The BC River Forecast Centre is predicting river levels to be as high as 7.3 metres by Thursday. There are no evacuation alerts in Mission at this time, but there are plenty in place for communities, communities along the Fraser. This comes as the warmer weather
10: is raising
1: concerns about melting snowpacks.
10: There are no evacuation orders in place. Uh, There are just alerts in place. And these are areas that normally would be on high alert through uh, freshet. So we go through this every year. Uh, And so it's pretty much dependent on the weather. And when we see a lot of sunshine and a higher snowpack, of course, we watch very carefully the conditions along the Fraser River.
1: The city is encouraging property owners to have a plan in place in the event of a flood and to check predictions for water levels on a daily basis. Dozens of young people are spending their long weekend in mission at the site of the last residential school to be closed in B.C. Members of the youth group working to overcome addictions are exploring their indigenous roots while also resurrecting a tradition last held at the site decades ago. Julia Foy explains.
7: They came from across B.C. and the Pacific Northwest. They came to a powwow, the first in over 20 years. They came to the site of the former St. Mary's Residential School in Mission.
1: Every footstep on here, in particular the children, blesses the grounds, because every child matters.
7: This powwow is unique because it was created by a group called Viper, Valley Youth Peers for Overdose Response.
9: These are urbanized Indigenous youth who have tons of experience with substance use in the foster system. And and really dramatic stuff that is the
7: complete side effect of residential schools of intergenerational trauma. Organizers say the power of the gathering has been strong. We're bringing this powwow back to these sacred
6: grounds here so that we can bring people together and have some reconciliation and have some truth brought to people. Every few minutes we've got people saying thank you for hosting this, thank you
7: for bringing this back. Planners say the 3D event has attracted hundreds of people to celebrate the Indigenous community who refused to be overshadowed by the last residential school to close.
0: My first memory of dancing is actually at the Mission Pow Wow when I was about four.
9: I think more more urbanized Indigenous youth need to feel like they have spaces like these to reconnect. That's like the future. I mean, I've been taught that forever by elders, so I take care of the young ones.
7: The powwow continues on Sunday. Organizers hope it's the beginning of a new tradition. Julia Foy, Global News.
1: Step one in the barge removal process at Vancouver's Sunset Beach has begun. That story next. Plus, the BSO puts on a free concert not far from the barge. And the memorial at YVR that's been lovingly restored as the news hour continues. ...honors to those who helped build Canada's aviation industry to be found in museums. But for the family of a Canadian pilot, nothing has been more moving than the recently restored tribute at Vancouver International Airport. Paul Johnson has more.
4: If you spend long enough plane spotting at YVR, you'll see all the latest aircraft in aviation. But YVR has a unique history as Canada's gateway to the Pacific Rim. Those old enough will recognize the famous orange jets of CP Air, the long-defunct Vancouver-based airline that made Canada's first air connections to the Far East.
6: Fine china, real silverware. It was like a cruise ship.
4: John Rennie turned up Saturday wearing his father Jack's old uniform. Captain Rennie was part of the original group of CP pilots who saw the airline go from a collection of bush lines to the country's second biggest airline. So after his death, the natural place for a memorial bench was out here at Sea Island.
6: And to hear the planes and see the planes and reminisce of all the good times and experiences we had here.
4: But over the years, those benches started to wear out. We had to make that decision who was going to take over the responsibility to keep them in good shape, safe for the, uh, for the public. And maintenance is something YVR does pretty well, so the benches here will now be kept in order by the airport itself, who found the gesture to have deep meaning for families like the Rennies. For us it's a small amount of budget and not a lot of uh, scope for us to actually do. But when we got into repairing them, we got this huge story about all of the families. So if you happen to find the bench for Captain Jack Rennie, you found a link to when Vancouver led the way in connecting the countries of the Pacific Rim and the people who helped to do that.
8: He was an aviation pioneer.
4: At YVR, Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: After more than seven months stuck on Vancouver's Sunset Beach, the English Bay Barge is now fenced in. Safety barriers were set up around the 5,000-ton barge after the city announced the deconstruction process was set to start. The vessel ran aground during a November storm and engineers determined it could not be refloated. Vancouver Pile Driving will dismantle and remove the barge walls and hull in sections. And the pieces will be taken away by sea to a staging area where they'll be processed and recycled. If you're a fan of what many see as an eyesore, don't worry. The work is expected to take 12 to 15 weeks so that the wreck isn't going anywhere fast. Also on Sunset Beach, live music is returning courtesy of the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. Music fans were enjoying the rehearsal by members of the VSO this afternoon, preparing for tonight's free concert at 8 o'clock. This year, the orchestra will tie into the theme of celebration and dance, particularly the tango. It's the return of the symphony at Sunset Beach after being interrupted by the pandemic for the past two summers.
2: We at the VSO are just so thrilled to be here with our fans. Uh, It's been a long two and a half years for everybody. This is a really great day to be celebrating the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra, the School of Music, and more importantly, the power of music to bring us together.
5: Oh, great.
1: And how some US air travelers are being compensated for their canceled flights. That story next, plus the financial hangover. Who's stuck paying the extra policing costs to prevent Canada Day protests in Ottawa? And the desperate rescue after a ship splits in two in a typhoon, next. A desperate rescue in the South China Sea. An industrial support ship broke in two during a typhoon and sank about 300 kilometers south of Hong Kong. More than two dozen crew members are still unaccounted for. Authorities dispatched planes and helicopters to help with the rescue. At least three people up from the crew of 30 have been brought to safety. Rescuers are increasing the search area and extending operations into the night. After concerns of more disruptions in the nation's capital this long weekend, the scene has been relatively calm. The city brought in support for police to address potential anti-COVID restriction protests during Canada Day celebrations, and that could cost a lot. Kyle Benning looks at Ottawa's holiday cleanup and how to pay for it all.
3: At the start of the week, the Ottawa Police Service and the city said it would be ready for any situation on Canada Day. And with all those extra hands on deck... Now the issue is how that bill will be paid. Hundreds of officers were brought into the city to maintain public safety and ensure protesters didn't break laws or bylaws. Protest crowds were in the hundreds on Friday. By Saturday, those numbers had dwindled, but extra boots on the ground to handle the potential crowds still come at a cost.
9: This is way uh, over our budget.
3: Eli Alshantiri, the chairperson for the city's police board, says the policing model in place is unsustainable and they will be placing funding requests with the federal and provincial governments. The feds already committed to tackling the 35 million dollar policing bill from the winter's so-called freedom convoy but law enforcement costs stemming from this weekend and the approximate three million dollar rolling thunder convoy haven't been covered yet. And
9: I'm hoping they will both step up to the plate. We still have not Uh,
3: submit the final bill. We said we will wait till July 6th. One security researcher says other levels of government footing the bill is one solution, but there is another.
4: The other option is, of course, to realize that probably the Ottawa
0: Police Service is not the best position to be policing national protests in the capital.
3: That means putting either the Ontario Provincial Police or RCMP in charge of protests in the capital in the future. But whether that shift takes place before the next organized protest is anyone's guess. Kyle Benning, Global News.
1: As airports here struggle with too many passengers and not enough staff to handle them, there's also travel chaos across the U.S. this holiday weekend. Long lines, delays and canceled flights have plagued thousands of travelers ahead of July 4th. United, American and Delta Airlines are all trimming their schedules to deal with staffing shortages. This week, Delta reportedly offered eight passengers $10,000 to give up their seats on an oversold flight. In a bid to control tourism, Venice, Italy is making day-trippers to the city, book a reservation and pay a fee. As of mid-January, it will cost the equivalent of between $4 and $13 Canadian, depending on what time of year you wish to visit. Those caught breaking the rule face fines as high as $400. On many days, the heart of Venice is overwhelmed by visitors who often far outnumber the residents. To Ukraine now where Russia fired more missiles at cities in the north and south at the end of a particularly deadly week where missiles slammed into an apartment block and a shopping mall killing dozens of civilians. Today Ukrainian President Zelensky called the Kremlin's war strategy deliberately targeted Russian terror. David Aiken reports.
0: Debris, destruction, a survivor is rescued. But this is not the front line in the Ukraine-Russia war. It is a residential neighborhood 100 kilometers behind the front lines. Ukrainian authorities say there are no military targets here, and yet it was targeted by Russian munitions. It is hardly the only example in the last week of what Kyiv says are intensified missile attacks on cities far from the main battlefield that deliberately target civilian sites. On Friday, A missile struck an apartment block near the southern port city of Odessa. Authorities say at least 21 were killed. These apartment buildings and homes are 50 kilometers southwest of Odessa, far away from the fighting. And on Monday, Russian missiles hit a shopping mall in the central Ukraine city of Kremenchuk, killing at least 19. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky on Saturday accused Russia of deliberately trying to kill Ukrainian civilians. This is conscious, deliberately targeted Russian terror, Zelensky said, and not some sort of error or a coincidental missile strike. The targeting of civilians comes as NATO countries, including Canada, vowed Thursday to take a tougher stand against Russian aggression and agreed to invite Finland and Sweden to join the military alliance.
3: We all know that... Russia's illegal, uh, unjustifiable and horrific invasion of Ukraine requires us all to stand together.
0: But Vladimir Putin hardly seems deterred and waved aside the West's concerns. A Kremlin spokesperson said, quote, Russian armed forces do not work with civilian targets. Yet the governor of the Ukrainian province of Luhansk said Saturday the Russian strategy is clear. Private houses in attacked villages are burning down one by one david aiken global news
1: as U.S. President Joe Biden meets Democrat governors to discuss abortion rights, a clinic in Southern California says it's seen a significant increase in abortion patients since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Planned Parenthood in Riverside County says abortion appointments have increased by 77 percent in the past week. Most patients are coming from Arizona. Abortion is now illegal in that state except to save the mother's life. In Health Matters Tonight, Canada's top doctor says talks are underway to obtain more vaccine to fight the spread of monkeypox. Chief Public Health Officer Dr. Theresa Tam says there are continuing discussions and contract negotiations to obtain doses of the smallpox vaccine approved for use against monkeypox from a Danish manufacturer. Current doses are coming from Canada's National Emergency Strategic Stockpile for targeted use in high-risk areas. TAM adds provinces have the supply they need for now, but federal officials are keeping close tabs on regions drawing down on the supply. As of Wednesday, Quebec had 202 confirmed cases, Ontario 67, Alberta 5 and 4 in B.C. The WHO reports new COVID cases increased by 18% in the last week. It says deaths remain at about the same rate as the week before, but deaths increased in the Americas. And the rise in cases is due to Omicron variants. Three Canadian cities get a big honour, but is it deserved? You be the judge. And the B.C. city that's bounced back from a pandemic visitor drought in a big way, next...
4: You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
1: A popular amusement park in Abbotsford has reopened after being damaged in last year's flooding. Castle Fun Park says its go kart track, arcade, bowling, and laser maze challenge, Beam Buster, are now all open. The mini golf courses are still under renovation but are expected to be up and running early next year. Well, one BC city is having no trouble drawing a crowd. We'll tell you about that right after Yvonne's forecast. And Yvonne, I was just looking. Oh, we will tell you about that in just a second. I know you want to see this. Um, A rather creative rescue here. These cute little ducklings found themselves in a bit of trouble, winding up about two meters down a storm drain. Edmonton Fire and Rescue used a fan to blow the ducks through a pipe connecting to another manhole and safely into a basket. All seven ducklings were rescued and reunited with a very anxious and appreciative mama. (laughs) Aww. You know, fire and rescue guys,
8: Uh, they go above and beyond. Absolutely. And below. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Great ending as well. Yeah. Happy ending. Yeah, for sure. All right. We're tracking a change, Colin. Oh. We're tracking a change. But this evening, still dry conditions, patio, barbecues. It's as we get in towards tomorrow, and I'll outline what this means. We've actually got some instability that's going to pop up for the interior. But first off, temperatures right now sitting at around 20 degrees. We've got more cloud cover that's rolled in across the region and a light southerly wind at 9 kilometers per hour. Not as hot, closer to the water for Metro Vancouver, but a few spots, though, soaring, lit in today, getting up to 35 degrees. Lillooet into the low 30s, similar for Canada. Loops in areas near trail today, topping out at 32 degrees. We'll see a drop in temperatures for tomorrow with that change that is on the way. We've got that cloud cover. We can see it on the satellite and radar across the island. It's similar. The active weather at this hour, though, is towards the interior. We're still tracking a few thunderstorms popping up with lightning. We can see that near Kamloops at this hour, but it is going to pick up, especially for tomorrow with the system that's just pushing in towards the south. Now, this weather maker is going to move in this evening, overnight, and then most areas into the southeastern corner's, of So the province will track that instability through the afternoon and early evening. It'll be rain along the coast, but that risk of thunderstorms extends into all areas for the southern interior. A heads up, we're looking at additional rainfall amounts, upwards of 15 millimeters for most areas, and then continuing to see that instability into Monday and Tuesday. Now, rainfall amounts along the south coast. We've got anywhere between 20, potentially up to 30 millimetres. It looks like higher amounts from this model, though, along the North Shore Mountains. And then areas in towards the interior could see that between 15 and potentially up to 20 millimetres and extending into the southeastern corners of the province. Now, for the flood concerns, this is the latest from the B.C. River Forecast Centre. Quinella River, still underneath that flood warning, will exceed fault The flood watch for the Nechaco, as well as the Thompson and South Thompson, those areas may exceed bankful. And then the high stream flow, advisory. That's along the upper Fraser so that's been downgraded for that region and the Nicola also included within that. But we're watching those thunderstorms tomorrow. They could produce an additional rainfall amounts so and we'll be continuing to watch this over the next few days. Now the northern half of the province inland is where we could see that risk of thunderstorms. Terrace, a hot one, warmer one tomorrow up to 28 degrees. All areas across the southern half we've left in that chance of showers, risk of a thunderstorm. It'll be a touch cooler for areas right across the board and along the south coast we'll see showers overnight continuing for sunday morning rain starts to pick up we've got that 20 between 30 millimeters it'll be a soggy one a cooler one for tomorrow looks to dry out for a monday night and then rebounds as we get in towards our tuesday but a heads up We'll have a rainy one for tomorrow to round off for a long weekend. All
1: Alrighty. On- Thanks so much, Yvonne. Tens of thousands of people made their way to Kelowna's downtown core yesterday for Canada Day, the first without COVID restrictions since 2019. And as Victoria Femia explains, this summer has the potential to be the busiest the city has seen in a very long time. <laughs>
10: It's the bounce back many have been waiting for. Happy Canada Day! The first Canada Day without any COVID-19 restrictions turned out to be the largest event Kelowna has seen within the last couple of years. A good indicator of what the rest of the summer will look like in the city now that tourism is getting back on track.
4: This was a great start to the tourism season.
6: And I think this will probably be the busiest summer we have ever seen. So I think the message to anyone visiting our community is we want you here, we want you to have fun, but come and um, you know act accordingly.
10: Statistics Canada reports the country's tourism industry GDP was down nearly 50% in 2020. Now ahead of a restriction-free summer, tourist attractions are already getting busier and Canada Day was proof of that.
3: We started right off the jump. I mean, we typically had a, anywhere between like a 30 to 2-hour wait time throughout the whole day, depending on obviously the uh, you know, time of the day and everything like that, but um, but it was steady. It was uh, people coming out. Just, it's nice to see people having fun.
10: And Smile Cycle Tours in Kelowna, that offers a way to get around the city to visit all your favorite restaurants also saw a similar trend.
5: Had a lot more tours going on. We had back-to-back all day yesterday. Um, and that's super, super exciting for us
10: because we all love being here. We all love that COVID restrictions are lifted. Domestic tourism activity in Canada was down 20% this March compared to 2019. However, while still low, international travel is beginning to rise again. According to Statistics Canada, this year already saw an uptick in international visitors. Close to 800,000 Americans visited here this April. That's eight times more than April of 2021. Victoria Femia, Global News, Kelowna.
1: Right, Barry and Ivana are here now. Kelowna's, you know, give it, give it a sunny day, and Kelowna's <laughs> a lovely place to be, right? It's beautiful. Comes to life. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Barry, what do you got coming up?
6: Well, it's going to be a lovely night uh, for some soccer tonight at BC Place. Whitecaps are taking on the first place team in, L- uh, in MLS, the uh, LAFC. So we'll have a preview of that coming up. Blue Jays played a doubleheader against Tampa. We've got some golf coming up as well. All your summer sports. All your summer not sports. Not even going to mention hockey.
1: Love it. Okay. It's too hot. Thanks so much, okay. Barry. Coming up next, uh, what do you love about your city? The beautiful
2: view and the weather.
1: Three Canadian cities have been named amongst the most livable in the world. But why that honor may be misleading and misplaced. Next. Most of us take some pride in where we live, but three Canadian cities have been voted amongst the most livable in the world. But as Global Charmaine Somali reports, the accolades don't mean they're the right home for everybody.
0: There's never a better place than Calgary. The new public library, it's like our public sectors, our, our private sectors, um, the new platform building, the, the, you know, the tech hub that we have here.
2: The beautiful view and the weather. Um, also, just uh, how
5: multicultural is Vancouver.
7: Toronto is one of the most vegan-friendly
2: places in the world. I love how multicultural it is. Calgary, Vancouver and Toronto all took spots on this year's Economist Intelligence Livable City Survey. The group ranks around 170 locations globally on things like healthcare, infrastructure and education. However, the report says factors like war, unrest and the pandemic played a role in this year's rankings, bringing Calgary up by 15 spots and Vancouver and Toronto back in the top 10 from 2021's rankings.
4: It's always nice to see Canadian cities make the list. I mean, uh, it it kind of shows that uh, we are competitive uh, worldwide.
2: Urban planning specialist Bernard Momer says the awards don't always reflect what people want, and it's important to look at what the ratings are being used for.
6: Uh, livable cities include actually quite a few things. Easy mobility, wide enough sidewalks uh, where there's green spaces, where there's vibrant uh, public spaces where people could gather, and affordability as well. And it depends if you're looking at it from an economic perspective, perspective like this report does.
2: So factors like affordable housing, quality of public education or easy mobility, which are not being weighed, may be important to some people looking to move rather than financially invest. Momers says that can be an important lesson for leaders as well.
6: You invest in uh, the quality of life of your own municipality. Do attract some uh, some businesses, but also
4: offer what the population uh, needs.
2: Charmeen Samani, Global News.
1: Barry is here with Sports Next Plus, a couple with a very rare
9: story. With everything that's happened to us, they're a miracle to me and to both of us. Why these twin boys don't look the same age,
1: we'll explain as the news hour continues.
6: Don't miss Squamish Dates Festival happening this summer. Celebrating 65 years, be there for world-class logger sports shows that attract competitors from around the world. This year also marks the return of favorites like the Parade, Wacky Bad Races, 8K Run, and more. Don't miss Brian Adams on his So Happy It Hurts tour at Prospera Place in Kelowna on November 11th and Rogers Arena in Vancouver on November 12th. Tickets on sale now. For RBC, I'm Michael Newman.
4: Our BC is brought to you in part by Return It. Make sure to bring back your drink containers to our return It Express. It's easy. There's no sorting and no lineups.
1: And Barry's back with sports and your first story sounds a little bit like a lesson in fractions.
6: Yes, a little bit. <laughs> Stay with me here. It's it's, uh, it's witty if you ask me, but I wrote it. So <laughs> I might be biased. Thanks, Colleen. The White Whitecaps had a strong second half to their first half of the season. Now, They need a strong first half to their second half of the season, if you get me, to keep the momentum going, and how couldn't you, to keep the momentum going and uh, find a playoff spot in the MLS uh, Western Conference. They will have their hands full tonight with LAFC, the top team in the league, a team that beat Vancouver 3-1 earlier this season in Los Angeles. It's a motivation for us. You know, Anytime you you play, you want to go out and beat the best, and right now they're the best in the league. Uh, So, I mean, we have a ton of respect for them. Uh, but we trust in what we're doing, we trust process here and we just all just want to get a good result in front of our fans.
3: Maybe some kind of a statement to be uh, the LFC, but uh, we'll try to get a good result. It's going to be hard because, again, they're a very good team, but uh, uh, we are a very good team too. So I think that uh, we need to respect them, but they will respect us for sure too.
6: Baseball today, a day-night doubleheader at Rogers Center between the Blue Jays and Tampa Bay Rays. Good start for the Jays against Tampa ace Shane McClanahan. It's Vladdy Guerrero Jr. with the base hit to drive in Bo Bichette. And uh, Vladdy's daddy, Vlad Sr., in the crowd enjoying that. RBI number 50 for junior, 1-0 Toronto. But then this happens in the second. Jays pitcher Kevin Gosman takes a line drive off the ankle. Jays made the put out at first, but Gosman is down X-rays were negative. It's a very serious bruise. That was a hard shot off the ankle, but he had to leave the ball game, but he was in the dugout for the second game at least. Tampa took advantage against Jays reliever Casey Lawrence. Wander Franco with a solo homer made it 5-1, and that was plenty of support for McClanahan, who was overpowering, struck out 10 over seven innings as the Rays win the opener of the doubleheader 6-2. Alright, game two. Jays went with Thomas Hatch, who have uh, had some success in the 2020 short COVID season, but he got roughed up today. Francisco Mejia rips a two-run shot to right. 3 nothing Tampa, and they piled on a lot more. Isaac Paredes launches a towering shot into the upper deck in left. Three-run homer. Hatch gave up ten runs in four and two-thirds innings. The lone bright spot. Another moonshot off the bat of of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., his 19th. But the Jays get swept today as uh, Tampa takes the second game 11-5. That should be the final in game two. The Lions' perfect 3-0 record has them tied at the top of the CFL West with Calgary and Winnipeg. The Blue Bombers can move into sole possession of first with a win versus Toronto on Monday. And next Saturday, it's a big showdown between the Blue Bombers and the Lions at BC Place. That will be another test for the Lions and their incredibly give- a gifted young quarterback, Nathan Rourke. CFL tonight, Rough Riders and Alouettes Saturday. from Regina. That's fighter jets buzzing the stadium for the opening ceremonies. It was the Alouettes' return game that buzzed the Riders in the first half. Saskatchewan had just taken the lead, but on the ensuing kickoff, Chandler Worthy finding some room to the outside and takes off he will return it 84 yards for the kickoff return touchdown a second of the season and the alouettes led 13 11 at the half they beat the riders pretty badly last week in montreal but saskatchewan has had a big second half here's a touchdown run from uh, jamal morrow they found the end zone a couple more times 32 20 right now saskatchewan in the fourth quite a day at wimbledon the always entertaining nick Carrios. Taking on fourth seed, Stefanos Tsitsipas of Greece and the Aussie put on quite a show. First with some dazzling racket skills. No one ever doubts this guy's talent. And he makes a brilliant shot here to take the second set, 6-4, evens it at a set apiece. Now, after the point, Tsitsipas, in frustration, drills the ball into the stands. He only got a warning from the umpire, which infuriated Kyrgios. He knows if it were him who did that, he would have been disqualified. Nick had plenty of conversations with the officials today. On the court, Cici pass at the net, and he will fire a smash right at Kyrgios, who turned away. Uh, that happened a few times. Obviously, they don't like each other that much. The crowd didn't like it. They booed him lustily. Kyrgios, on the other hand, always the showman. Drop shot hits the net, crawls over the net, so he bows to the crowd, <laughs> and they ate it up. He is definitely good entertainment, and they also love this, a beautiful serve in volley. To win the third set, definitely a pro kirios crowd today at Wimbledon. Fourth set after fighting off a set point. This is match point for Kyrgios and again a brilliant drop shot. CeCe Pass cannot chase this one down and the Aussie rules in London today. Nick Kyrgios on his way to the fourth round at Wimbledon after a four set victory. On the women's side, there was a monumental upset. World number one Iga Swiatek of Poland, riding a 37-match win streak, saw that come to an end today against French veteran Alize Cornet. Cornet, in the near court, knocked off Serena Williams on this very court eight years ago when Serena was dominating, and she did it again today. Took the opening set 6-4, and the 32-year-old Frenchwoman really took over in the second set. Hits the dropper, and then. The passing shot as Cornet with the massive upset knocking off the 21-year-old world number one Iga Sviantek in straight sets at Wimbledon. PGA Tour stop is the John Deere Classic in Illinois. Those things could help your lawn in the summer. Ontario's Michael Gligic needs to finish strong this season if he's going to retain his tour card. Had a pretty good tournament so far, 3-under-68 today. He's at minus 12, tied 10th. Suri's Adam Svensson, 11-under, tied 16th. But it's been that guy, J.T. Poston, who's led from the start, 9-under-62 on Thursday, has not really looked back. Eagles, the 17th today. He's at 19-under, good for a three-shot lead over three players heading in to the final round tomorrow. And final round of the Live Golf event at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland. The Saudi back golf tour second tournament on the new tour first one in America South African Brandon Grace took the lead with the birdie at 15 then chips in from the rough for another birdie at 16 had a two-shot lead Dustin Johnson in the uh, final group trying to keep pace and he does roll in the birdie here but he is down three with just two holes to go and Grace just kept the pedal down at the 17th he will knock in his third straight birdie, seven under on the day, 13 under for the tournament, and Brandon Grace wins the live golf event in Portland, four million dollar first prize. That's about four times as much as they're paying on the PGA Tour. Phil was 40th out of 48, but still won like 200K. Men's rugby from Halifax, Canada world ranked 21, taking on the 26th ranked Belgians. Uh, Belgians. Canada gets on the board early, scrum half Jason Higgins takes it in, seven nothing, second half, Canada starts to wear down the Belgians. Ross Brody showing some speed, bursts through the hole, and then dishes off to Ben Lesage, who slides in for the try. 24-0 Canada, and then it's the hometown boy from Halifax. Cooper Coates finds some space near the goal line, takes it in. Canada outclasses Belgium. 45-0 today in Halifax. Canada plays again next Sunday versus Spain in Ottawa. Formula One is at the Silverstone track in England for the British Grand Prix. It's raining in England. What? Wet day there. It looked like points leader Max Verstappen was going to win the pole, but in the very late going, Ferrari's Carlos Sainz will snatch the pole away from Verstappen. For Sainz, it's his first ever Formula One pole in his 150th race. Memorable day for the 27-year-old Spaniard. And... Hey, Keanu Reeves was trackside, too. He enjoyed it. Montreal's Nicholas Latifi qualified 10th. Lance Stroll is at the back of the pack in 20th. But Keanu Reeves, first time he'd ever been down at kind of field level at the F1, and he was, he was pretty impressed.
1: He's always going to look like a surfer. It's just the way it is.
6: Uh, he's got that look to him. You know, yeah. Rugged, yeah. I would say.
1: Rugged. Rugged. Yeah, you're going for that Eyes with right? beards
6: kind of have yeah. that. Mine's a little <laughs> more neater than his, I want to say, but he's, he's tougher. I'm going to
1: say <laughs> yeah. much neater. Thanks yeah. so much, okay. Barry. Listen, <laughs> twins conceived on different dates. Same mom. The <laughs> incredibly rare story. We've got that it for you next. No it's sense, wild. Golly. No, it's crazy. A couple in Texas has quite the story to tell when people meet their children. They conceive twins, not terribly unusual, but in this case, conception occurred a week apart.
9: (laughs) Every birth story is different. Kara and Blake Winholds has a life of its own.
3: Here, give Caden a high five.
9: After the birth of their now three-year-old son, Wyatt. We knew we wanted more kids. Their next three pregnancies ended in miscarriages, one of which, Kara says, almost killed her. They told me that if I would have waited like 30 more minutes um, at home, I probably would have died here. So when the couple got pregnant again last March, they didn't have much hope.
3: It's tough to kind of believe it after, you know, you've lost several and then especially with, with how traumatic hers was.
9: At five weeks, a sonogram showed Kara was carrying one child. A second scan weeks later revealed more. She said, okay, you know, there's here's a heartbeat, it's nice and strong, and then she's like, well, let's check out the other one.
3: I was just basically speechless. I cried. <laughs> I, I was shocked. Head down, just didn't really know what to do. <laughs>
9: This isn't a typical twin tale. The Winholds say they were told the boys were conceived about a week apart. It's a rare process called superfetation when a second new pregnancy occurs during an existing one.
3: Although they were born at the same time, they are technically twins. They were two different conceptions.
9: With everything that's happened to us, they're a miracle to me and to both of us. You want to get out? You want to play? twins colson and caden were born in october
3: oh, they were born just a few minutes apart but they they look like different age babies
9: both healthy
10: sloppy, the camera.
9: both happy at eight months old with a birth story That's for awesome. the ages it just has kind of taught me to just let things happen as they're supposed to mm. so
6: but one's not considered a week older than the other one uh, I,
1: right i guess not because they were born at the same time right
6: So much tricky math.
1: So tricky. Thanks for joining us. Have a great night. See you tomorrow.